This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you as always for joining me and making us a part of your morning routines. It's very much appreciated. Thank you to everyone that continues to support the channel across the weekends, especially. It is always very much, uh, as I say, I appreciate if you doing that because it is our toughest time of the week. Uh, and so when I see so many of you joining us on a Sunday morning, in particular, it is very heartwarming indeed. So good morning to those in the chat box. Thank you to those that are listening on Catch Up as well. You are all equally as appreciated. Uh, Pika Who, good morning to you. Uh, Paul, Maximius, Marcus, uh, we've got Black Shiner, Matt Summer and Vala. We've got uh, Matt G and Damien. We've got Olawale and Peter and Stevie and Angela and old Dave. We've got Mark. We've got Glenn. We've got uh, Process. We've got Franklin, uh, Louis. Paul, loads of usual faces uh, as well, as always, in the chat box. And thank you to those that maybe are joining in for the first time. It is very much appreciated, those that are. It means absolutely everything to see some new faces in the chat box. If you're not already subscribed uh, to the channel, uh, please make sure that you do that. I noticed that we are only, I think, what, I think I checked this morning, four subs from 53,000. So if you want to be in those, oh, sorry, five. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> it was four. Oh, apparently my intro wasn't very good. Um, five subs away uh, from hitting 53,000. Thank you to everyone that has indeed jumped in. I do notice as well that we're getting comments off of Twitter, um, which I think is as dangerous as it is uh, exciting. Um, so, yes, Jason uh, is joining via Twitter. Fantastic to see. So's Wayne, uh, OG, TGT. Wayne in the chat box as well. So there is also Twitter comments as well. That's scary, that is. That's the first time I've noticed that. Um, hello, everyone on, on Twitter that's joining us as well. Uh, if you haven't already hopped over to YouTube, um, please make sure that you do. And for some reason, StreamYard's not showing anything. There it is. It's, it's back and it's working now, which is which is great. But yes, thank you. Good morning to those joining us on, uh, on Twitter as well. How interesting. Anyway, uh, we're going to jump into today's stories. Oh, sorry. Yes, it's X, I should say. It's a formal, the app formerly known as Twitter. 
It is indeed X now. Um, right, let's jump into today's stories, shall we? Kick off with yesterday's very disappointing defeat against Tottenham um, in the North London derby at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Arsenal had 31 shots on target, uh, on goal with eight on target. Martha Thomas scoring the only goal of the game, uh, one of only five Spurs shots. And despite Jonas Ardaval's best attempts to go very attacking, bringing on Lacasse and Miedemar and Cooney Cross and Black Stenius, nothing could do the job. And sadly, Arsenal missed out on their chance to go to the top of the WSL table. And of course, it does leave Arsenal now um, very much open to losing that uh, kind of level playing field that they joined up when they beat Chelsea last week. A real frustrating waste of an opportunity um, from Jonas Eideval's side yesterday. So hopefully they respond um, because... They need to, and it's never good to see Arsenal lose a North London derby. Looking at the Premier League results from yesterday, uh, Chelsea beating uh, Sheffield United in a much-needed victory for them, 2-0 victory over them, um, but it was not exactly easy to come by. It was 0-0 at half-time, I believe, before the likes of Cole Palmer eventually broke through the deadlock in the second half. Uh, Newcastle United won 3-0 against Fulham. Uh, in in a game which we'll talk about a little bit more very shortly. And Burnley lost uh, 2-0 at home to a Everton side that just continue to keep on winning. Um, there is really uh, nothing else to say except that Everton have done fantastically well. Um, and ultimately, they deserve to be where they are now and, and, and working their way outside of the... Uh, uh, outside of the relegation zone. So fantastic work for Everton um, in what they're doing currently, which is also really, really good to see. But the biggest result uh, in terms of games that, of course, finished, and you'll know what I mean by that very shortly, was the Manchester City 2-2 draw with Crystal Palace. The result means that Arsenal can, of course, take a five-point lead over Man City, should indeed they beat Brighton in today's game at the Emirates Stadium, of which I'm very uh, excited to be in attendance for. was unable to go out to Eindhoven in the week, so it's good to get back to action and get back to the Emirates and back to the press box and see what Arsenal can achieve. But it is a very, very difficult opponent for Arsenal. Arsenal and their records against Spurs is, I can tell it, sorry, against Brighton is is not very, very good whatsoever. Uh, what we have done is is one win one game in the last, I think, four attempts at home that we've won two games at the Emirates against Brighton since like 2016, something silly like that. They are a bit of a banana skin of a side for us. And Roberto De Zerbi and Graham Potter seem to find a way around what Mikel Arteta wanted to do with his sides. And so Arsenal will be the fitter of the two teams because Brighton, of course, played on Thursday. Uh, they played in their game against Marseille, in which they won 1-0 very late on to top their Europa League group. Arsenal have had a little bit of extra recovery time, but it is worth noting that they travelled to Eindhoven on Tuesday and so therefore would have been recovering Wednesday, maybe even recovering Thursday with some training on Friday. So it's not guaranteed that they'll be completely recovered, but Brighton certainly and their uh, European exploits will have more of a detrimental impact on the fatigue that they might expect to see. So Arsenal will be hoping to take advantage of that in today's game. But yes, Crystal Palace with a 95th minute equaliser from the penalty spot, Phil Foden, um, with a pretty terrible challenge. I think it was on Mateta uh, in the box trying to clear the ball and Mateta did fantastically well, scored the first goal and then we saw Michael Alise um, score the second uh, to equalise after Man City again without Erling Haaland, unable to take their chances. I tweeted out yesterday saying there was something very Arsenal uh, of old perhaps about um, Manchester City's draw in the sense that they dominated the game, took the lead but couldn't take 
the uh, you know take it even further and eventually because they didn't take their chances it came back to bite them but I think that's an Arsenal of old a Man City showing a little bit of a tendency maybe to drop points where they really really shouldn't um, but I think the biggest story that we can all agree from yesterday's games and why I've rightly um, talked about this separately was the Really sad news that Tom Locklear was confirmed to have suffered a cardiac arrest on the field in the game against uh, between Bournemouth and, of course, Luton Town. Our thoughts um, and prayers are with Tom, his family, friends, and, of course, all of the Luton team and players. Uh, Rob Edwards uh, took a circle walk of the field, applauding all of the fans inside the um, Bournemouth Stadium, thanking them for their support, their patience, and, of course, their understanding that the game had to be abandoned after what, has been sadly the second incident for Tom Locklear in in less than a year. Um, And I really, really do genuinely hope that he recovers swiftly and effectively. And that if indeed it is, I'm not going to speculate about, you know, his future in the game and and things like that, because I don't think it would be fair, but uh, I just hope that the right, you know, the best possible outcome for him, his family, his health is indeed found. Um, So yeah, Rob Edwards is a absolute class act and human being I think we can all agree and uh, is probably one of the best uh, individuals in terms of his uh, actions and behaviour in, in the sport of the Premier League right now certainly um, so yeah wishing Tom uh, a very swift recovery and Luton Town all the best in the world in their exploits and trying to stay up I think we can all agree in that as well but yeah that was certainly the biggest story coming out of the Premier League yesterday I did want to say I wanted to touch on Marco Silva's comments, though, post-match, because I think they're very, very interesting indeed. Um, Very interesting, Uh, because he started speaking specifically about how uh, Newcastle got absolutely every single foul um, and that Fulham got absolutely none whatsoever. I'm going to read you the quotes. He said, disappointing afternoon. Um, It was probably the quiet game that Newcastle... Uh, needed after the midweek Champions League game. It wasn't our fault, the quiet game in the end. Before the red card, it was clear, uh, the elbow from Jamal Lascelles. He knew Raul was there and the elbow came out until the 21st minute. In all the moments, the referee didn't give us one foul. For Newcastle, it was a free kick every time. These types of games, the referee has to have the ability to handle the pressure because always with the home crowd, the Premier League should decide upon a referee with the experience and ability to handle pressure. This is the best example of a referee who doesn't have the experience to handle the pressure. Any doubt, any foul, he didn't give one, even the elbow in the face of Raul. Um, he continuously uh, went on about the the red card. He said he has, he lost the momentum to go in, but it's not nothing serious. He jumped into the player, but you don't see something serious, something wrong with the player. Uh, a yellow is right. VAR is trying to find all these moments to give to justify a job. I don't know. Um it's clear, lost the momentum. He should have done it in a different way. To go for a red card feels really strange. It was a strange afternoon for the referee. I went to speak to him afterwards, but he almost ran to the dressing room. It's what we're facing right now. Um, he, he went on to say some comments about the Newcastle crowd and that it's a specific stadium that in which we can kind of see uh, referees melt, I guess, is kind of what he was hinting towards. And we know as Arsenal fans how the... St. James's Park can be a place in which uh, we see referees uh, act uh, in a different way, I think, to perhaps if they're in a different stadium, because it certainly feels like the behaviour of, I think it was what Stuart Atwell during the game between Arsenal and Newcastle um, was affected by the ground. It really 
really was. So I, for one, hope um, that what we see is an improvement in the standard of officiating, but it is very, very frustrating um, to, to see these comments, uh, not in the sense that they're not earned or worthy, but because we're just seeing them on too consistent of a basis. At least Marco Silva feels that he can say these words. Um, Nicola Terra, I think we can all agree, is, I think at least felt a bit silenced of late as well, which is obviously very frustrating um, uh, because I want Arteta, I want managers to be able to speak openly and honestly about how they feel about the refereeing performance, but they are incredibly protected. I'd be shocked if Marco Silva is not given a ban. And I'll be shocked if you don't see people that are more so on the side of referees that turn around and say that this, um, after Mikel Arteta's incident, that he has encouraged this type of uh, post-match commentary. I'd be very surprised if you don't see someone linking it. I mean, if someone is someone like um, Peter Wharton can so disgracefully link Mikel Arteta to the attack in Turkey we saw earlier in the week, um, I don't put anything beyond anyone these days. Now, we'll move to our headline story and the main transfer story of today, which is that according to the Daily Star, Arsenal apparently see Dominic Solanke as a potential backup to Ivan Tony. Um, of course, Ivan Tony, we know, has been linked with Arsenal for quite some time, as we have discussed on the channel. But this is the first mention of Dominic Solanke uh, that we have heard um, by an outlet suggest so far. I'm going to tell you from the off, I've personally not heard um, this story myself or anything regarding this link. It doesn't mean it's not true, of course. Um, but uh, I tweeted yesterday that I said I'd find this very underwhelming um, if this was to be the case. I absolutely understand the thought process. And look, no disrespect to Dominic Solanke. He's got a very good record this season. Eight goals in 16 games. It's a really good record in the Premier League. Um, you know, He's got more Premier League goals than Gabriel Jesus this season. But it just feels like for me, and this I've used this example with Tony, so it'd be hypocritical of me to not then put this onto Solanke as well. But for me, if we go to sign a striker, either in this or any upcoming window, it has to be a striker that pushes the needle. It has to be a striker that pushes the quality further forwards and start for Arsenal, in my view. We should be looking to sign a striker that either starts now or has the potential and development potential to sign and develop into a player that's better than Jesus and will start over Jesus in the future. And I neither look at Tony nor Solanke as those two players. So it doesn't make sense for me to be open-minded to either signing. And so I am pretty closed off to either, um, I guess, as I always tend to say, because it is the way forwards with these, we'll have to wait and see what Arsenal are doing in the striker market. But to be clear, I'd be very surprised to see any kind of striker movement in January. That's not to say it won't happen, of course, but all of Arsenal's energy and priorities appear to be on both the midfield and defensive areas of the field. And so a striker, I think, will be more so in the summer. But I'm not saying anything that I haven't said to you already. Right, we're going to move to part two and go through some of your points and questions, which with openness to Twitter, seems like we can take questions from there uh, as well. Right, let's go. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So um, let's jump into the, the chat box, uh, which, as it says, is including uh, comments not only from uh, our YouTube channel, which if you're not subscribed to, please make sure you do. Should I do a quick refresh? I feel like we should do a quick refresh on the channel. We are two subs away from hitting 53,000 subscribers on YouTube. So if you haven't already jumped over, maybe you're watching on Twitter and you're thinking, what is this for the first time I'm seeing? Um, but uh, yes, you can hop over to YouTube and become our 53rd thousandth subscriber. If you would like to help us out, please make sure that you are checking that you're subbed, if not already. Okay, uh, let's go to Ethan, who says, uh, do you think Jonas Eideval stays on this season if we finish trophyless? Um, he's got a plethora of talents to choose from, and we've just had some bad results so far this year. He only just signed a brand new contract with Arsenal, so I'd be very surprised if he didn't stay on. Um, they have a lot of faith in him as a coach. If it did, we started to fall away very quickly from the WSL, you know, title race and uh, and, and maybe, you know, fill out the Conti Cup and the um, Women's FA Cup as well. Then maybe we would see something. Maybe we would see um, some movement managerially. But at the moment, there's not any suggestions that Jonas Eideval's position is is at risk. Uh, the process is, I, uh, I do not think that Osman takes our attack a level up. He just adds a different dimension to it. Am I crazy? Can we do a stat comparison between him and Gabby Jesus? Yeah, we can. I can tell you that uh, Gabby Jesus's um, goals and assists per 90 last season was 0.7. Um, so he's getting 0.7 goal or assist per 90. So you've got a 70% chance he's going to get you a goal contribution. Um, for the record, last season, Victor Ozymen's, um, non that's non-penalties, by the way, non-penalty uh, goal and assists per season uh, was uh, 0. Point, uh, let me find this, 0.98. So quite a considerable amount high. You've nearly got a hundred percent chance that in one game he's going to get you a, a goal or an assist. And I don't know if you saw Victor Ozymen's assist for Napoli yesterday. Um, I don't know who didn't because it was one of the most viral things that was going around the internet and social media yesterday. But it was absolutely ridiculous. The little keepy uppies, the step ups, um, step ups, just keepy uppies and and keepy ups, isn't it? There's a lot of ways of saying those words. Keepy uppies is what we used to call them. Um, kick-ups, keepy-uppies. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of ways. That, I don't know, a lot of people, depending on where you live, call them different things, but amazing bit of skill. Uh, and then, of course, the setup as well for the goal. Brilliant. So it's showing you just can't you can't just score goals. You know, you can create goals as well. This season, his goals and assists minus penalty kicks per 90 has dropped to 0.7, but it's also probably worth bearing in mind that Gabriel Jesus's that was 0.7 last season has also dropped. He's gone down to... Uh, just having a quick look at this. Per 90, he's gone down to uh, 0.41. Um, so, of course, across the whole season, we can get a better idea um, of that. But uh, yeah, let's let's wait and see. Jorgen says, can you show us, Tom? No, because of copyright reasons. <laughs> I can't show you that assist, I'm afraid. Um, Chima says, question. Who would you prefer to see at Arsenal if we could get Elise or Neto? Uh, Neto. Um, the reason why, you may question why, but 
Arsenal need a rapid wide forward. That's what Arsenal needs to bring into the squad because we've kind of got the technical, dynamic, dribbling winger in Trossard already. And you could argue Nelson is also to a lesser degree that as well. And so because of that, bringing in a really fast, rapid guy that can go, if you want to bring off Sacco, you want to bring off Martinelli, and you don't want to lose any of your pace in behind and keep up the fitness, then you need a Neto um, to be able to do that. So I would prefer Neto over Elisa, and I think there is a very clear reason as to, to why. Um, United the Gunner says, I'm probably being naive and ignorant, but is a cardiac arrest really that grave um, that a game needs to be called off? I don't understand what the objective achieves. Um, to be blunt, yes, you are being naive and ignorant. Um, during the game between Luton and Bournemouth yesterday, you have to consider the impact that that incident has on the coach, which saw Rob Edwards effectively break down to tears um, as he circled the Vitality Stadium field and showed his appreciation to the patience and support of the fans in the ground. But you have to consider the fact that someone who is a close friend that you work with day in, day out, has suffered something which can, as I'd say the majority of us all know, can and is life-threatening. So to suggest that you wouldn't continue the game is incredibly naive. Um, and I don't mean that with disrespect. I mean that with just blunt honesty, that it is incredibly, yes, naive to think that a game could continue. I know that we saw it during the Euros between Finland and Denmark when Christian Eriksen suffered um, his own. Um, and I personally think it was wrong that that game continued. Um, I was shocked to see that game continue. And if I was in an Arsenal, if it was a Champions League final with Arsenal against Real Madrid and Arsenal are winning in the Champions League final, and one of our or the opposition players was to go through the exact same incident, I would be saying that this match needs to be stopped because it is the right thing to do. Because there is bigger things in this world than this sport. It's, it is. I know that we hate it when people say it's not just a game because it's so much more than that. But when it comes to those things, football is incredibly trivial and that these things are far, far, far more important. So yes, I do think you might be being naive and ignorant to that, but I mean that with the utmost respect and just in honest answer to your question. Uh, UD Laguna, um, Rob says, Edison's foul equals a yellow. How? He was last line of his defence and show should be a red card. How is it that any less bad than Jimenez's red card? He took out the player and it was also a penalty for Fulham was dissimilar to Jesus's. Look, I think that the Edison one, you're going to see an explanation come out on Monday from Dale Johnson um, discussing that Nathan Ake, I think it was, was the covering defender and so therefore did not deny a goal-scoring opportunity. I think that that would be incredibly reachy, as in he's really stretching to come to that because I think that had Edison not taken out Mateta, I think that Mateta can indeed score and has a very good chance to score that goal. Um, and so therefore, without without question, I think it should be a red card for Edison because no one can tell me that Mateta doesn't kick the ball like like he doesn't kick it miles in front of him. He kicks it a reasonable amount in front of him that he certainly could reach. And I think there is a clear goal scoring opportunity if he reaches the ball, which I think he can if he isn't impeded by a horrific sliding challenge by Edison. I think it is a blatant red card. And uh, the fact that it isn't given is incredibly unsurprising. Um, I think we can all agree on that as well. Should have been a red card. And it's incredibly unsurprised that it wasn't given. And I think it will be equally as unsurprising that we don't see 
um, anyone of that, you know, that do those coverages and breakdowns. I'm getting incredibly bored of them now. I think that some of these VAR breakdowns, sadly, have, have begun to feel like they are taking influence from the PGMOL and that they get access to a lot of PGMOL footage and they have obviously links in with it. And it, I, I find it really it just comes across like a defense every single week of it when I think it should be aimed to be more critical um, and more objective than it is. And yeah, I've in ultimately I'll be very honest. I've, I've stopped reading them. Um, I read the Aston Villa one just to see those comments on the Aston Villa game. And that just made me just think, Oh, this is just here to explain the decision without really taking into consideration some of the contexts and, um, giving an opinion about it as well, which I think we can all agree the opinion on the Jesus penalty is that it was a blatant penalty, that there isn't an argument. It's just a blatant penalty. MM says, am I the only one who is worried for Ben White? Because Matoma has always seemed to have his number in head-to-head battles. Matoma has pretty much had the number of almost any defender that he's gone up against, if not all of them. Uh, Salibra and Ben White will need to do a very, very tough job um, to deal with Matoma and will be hoping to do so. Um, I think that they are, both of them, very much uh, capable of, of dealing with Matoma uh, if they're on top form. But Ben White has been somewhat questionable defensively of late, and that needs to be taken into account. Tommy Asu has been a big loss for us. Hopefully, um, we see Ben White and Saliba contain uh, this Brighton attack. That is going to be a challenge for us today. Uh, that is for sure. Um, Pika, who says, Tom, does the Luton ta- does the Luton match class as a 3-0 loss as a forfeit or be a rematch? How do the rules work? Uh, it was a mutually agreed decision to abandon the game. I don't know how it will go out. What they they have a couple of options. Considering the goal, the scoreline was a level. There could be an agreement that both teams agree that they end the game as a draw, and a point is awarded to both sides. That can happen. Um, as far as I'm aware, I know that it has happened in other countries where similar situations have occurred where the game has not been able to finish and they have just divided up the point because it was a, a it was a draw at, the, at that point in the game it kind of carried on into the second half to some degree i believe 64th minute i think it was something like that so they could decide that they will just be um a a draw they could replay the whole game or they could replay it from that minute forwards with the same players um obviously with the tom substituted um they could decide to go from there but I, I don't know. I think because both sides are not in Europe, there is more scope to continue the game from the point at which... Um, uh, from the, <laughs> sorry, I comment has just completely left me <laughs> uh, left field. Um, but uh, yeah, they. I think they could choose to, to just carry on uh, from that point forward, uh, from that minute forwards and play the last 26 minutes. Although it is a long way, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of logistical expenditure to go down to Bournemouth and play that game from those last minutes. And, you know, our fans going to go down for those last 26 minutes or whatever it is. Um, as many are they going to go down? Are they going to be able to show the same support? Can you recreate the same situation? I'm not sure you can. I think that probably the best outcome would be to, to, to just give a point to each side and the game be treated as a draw. I think that would probably be the best situation in that specific case. I think it would probably make sense to just give a point to each side and move forward. So there you go. Um, Someone called Liam Costello says, uh, is it true that you're cheating on Arsenal and that you're going to go and watch Gillingham against Sheffield United? Um, 
I could have confirmed that this is true other than the fact that it's not cheating on Arsenal because A, the game is the day before Arsenal against Liverpool. B, I'm on a day off. And C, you bought me the ticket. So shut up. <laughs> Mr. Bez says, hi, Tom. Even if we were interested, I think Bournemouth would price us out of Solanke, which I'm guessing would be a non-starter for us. Would you agree? Um, I mean... I'm not exactly in favour of the deal anyway. I don't know if they can really price Arsenal out of the deal. I think they would certainly be asking for significant less than than a Brentford would be asking for for Tony. But uh, yeah, let's let's wait and see. Let's scroll up because I know that I missed some comments. Um, let's go to boom, 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 boom. Uh, Talib says in 2003 when um, Faux collapsed versus Colombia, they continued the match. And he sadly died later in hospital. The Cameroon has played against France in the Confederation final several days later. It was shocking. And maybe, I, I guess, to leave that shows you... I, I, I'm not aware of this story. Um, I, I can't... It shows you how far we've come, I think. I, I, it shows the sensitivity that we've matured as a sport and the decision-making that goes on in the sport has matured a lot since then. You know, And, and even since, as I mentioned, the game against... Um, the game between Finland and Denmark, I think that that game never should have finished on that day. There's an argument of how do you then fit it in? I think there's an argument that um, there's an argument that we should be in a situation where that game should never finish and maybe the result at that time is taken. And people may say, well, that's incredibly harsh because the game isn't finished. But I think in that moment, there is no way to finish that game in the same competitive manner that it was. And it's a situation that is completely spontaneous, that, that comes out of nowhere, that there is no explanation for. And you can't... It's it's not like, you know... Um, I think it might be different if there was kind of an incident between a player that caused that to happen, maybe. And I'm only speculating here and we're just, you know, talking off the, off the rack here, if you like. But I think it's different if there's a causation. But if it's completely, it's just an act of misfortune, like it's just misfortune, then I think that you probably have to take the result at the time, of which in this case is a draw. And you take that result and you move on and you move forwards. I think that is the fairest way to do it because you can never recreate that game state again. So I think at that point, whatever the scoreline is, you probably take that as as the result um, because some things are just, as Franklin says here, some things are bigger than football and that just comes secondary to what we saw yesterday. Uh, Maximilian says, Tom, score prediction, Arsenal 3, Brighton nil. Screamer from the edge of the box and birthday boy Martin Odegaard, of course, who is his birthday today. Happy birthday to Martin. Um Let's get some score predictions. I didn't manage to get round to a, a preview show uh, for this game. I hope that uh, you'll you'll uh, you know uh, forgive me for that. Um, but please do leave your score predictions in the chat box. I'll read through plenty. I'm going to go with. I think it's going to. I think we're going to see goals in this one. Um, I'm going to go four two Arsenal in this game. Um, goals from Gabby Jesus, Kai Havertz, uh, Bakaya Saka with two uh, in this game. So no Ben White screamer, surprisingly not. I think he's going to be very much at the back trying to defend Matoma. So I'm going to go 4-2 to the Arsenal in this one. 
Uh, let's see what you guys are saying. Byron says 2-1 to the Arsenal. Ben White, Screamer and Kai Havertz to score again. Uh, Mrs. Thierry Henry says 2-1. Jürgen says 2-1. Bagel Crisp says 3-2. Darren says 2-0. Uh, Dao, who I now know to pronounce correctly, says 5-1. Uh, Marcus says, uh, so what is your starting lineup? I'll come to that in a second. Jason says 2-0. Joining us on X. Uh, Marcus says 3-2. Uh, Rednap says 10-0. Off the crossbar says 2-0. Steve Stone says 2-1. Um, Trader Mike says 3-1 Arsenal Kai Havertz um, Martin Odegaard and who's BS? Bakai Saka <laughs> I was thinking who's, who's BS? Right, it's unfortunate um, initials isn't it? Uh, and Raya Blooper uh, to concede that's because Mike loves Ramsdale that's the only reason he's gone for that it's sordid that is uh, Lucas says 4-3 a Cedric last minute screamer I imagine uh, Old Dave says the Gunners 4 a Jesus Brace Kai and Nelson on the score sheet uh, Pika who says 3-1 Havertz. Boston says 3-0 as well. Um, in terms of my predicted lineup, predicted desired, predicted lineup I'm going to go with, obviously, Raya, White, Saliba, Gabriel, uh, Zinchenko, Rice, Havertz, Odegaard, Saka Martinelli, and Jesus. And I've saw a few people in the question, uh, in the chat box asking, do we think Thomas Partey will be in the squad today? I have absolutely no idea. Um, there's been constant rumours and suggestions over the course of the end of this week suggesting that he could indeed make the squad. We will have to wait and see. Um, I think it's... I still think it's unlikely, but I, I'm really happy to be proven wrong. and I'd love to see it. You know, obviously, we'd love to see him back and fit and ready and playing. If we can get him some minutes at the end of the game, if he is ready to be back for the before the game against Liverpool, amazing. But I don't want to get people's hopes up because we don't know. Uh, we don't know. We've just seen some random rumours and videos on social media and there's no way of knowing if they're real or not. So do do take it all with a very much uh, a pinch of salt. Uh, Pico, thank you for the kind donation earlier on. Wishing happy birthday to Martin Odegaard. And Vegas Gunner, thank you for your donation. He says, 3-1 Arsenal. How many of our players that are out on loan do you think will be sold next summer? Marquinhos, Tavares, Laconga, I think will all be sold. Tierney, I think will be sold. I think that's about it, isn't it? Uh, I think there's a lot on from the youth team, of course, as well. Um, Maximus says Charles Watts said that it was an old pick. I suspected that it was, uh, and he said he's not ready yet. Uh, Charles is very, very good uh, sources uh, on the Partey side of things, so I have no reason to think that Charles uh, is certainly anything but accurate uh, on that. So, sorry, anything but is it is that the phrase? Anything but anything but accurate? Yeah, that's definitely the phrase. <laughs> I was thinking, hold on a second. Anyway, uh, thank you to those that have continued to support the channel and continue to watch us as well. Should I do a quick sub count? Um, let's see if we've managed. Yes, there it is. 53,000 subscribers. Thank you so much for helping support the channel. It is so, so appreciated um, in making this the community and the place that it is. It means a lot. Um, so thank you to those of you that have been with us for a long time and those of you that have been with us for a short time. If you enjoy our content and think, wow, that'd be great to meet some of the people that join us every single day in the chat box and people that watch the show every single week, you can get tickets to our live event that is down in the description. Um, I may have mentioned somebody's name on the show today that may be on the panel of which I will be revealing in the new year in January. So I look forward to showing and sharing with you our lineup for our live event. But there is... Only a um, a couple of handfuls of tickets actually left. So don't wait. Tickets are down in the description. We are going to be live at the Old Queen's Head on the Essex Road uh, in February tw on 20, uh, February 22nd, uh, Thursday evening, which is always a good evening for stuff to go on in London because everyone knows they take the day off on a Friday so you can enjoy yourself 
uh, have a few drinks, enjoy the podcast, live podcast with, who knows, some games, maybe in a little bit of a wacka wacka. You never know. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for helping us reach 53,000 subscribers. It is very, very kind of you indeed. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning to break down today's game against Brighton and to break down all of the ins and outs from the fixture and any other transfer news that needs to be discussed that breaks today. Although usually on match day, it's pretty quiet, but we'll of course be talking about the game in plenty of detail. I'll be at the Emirates a little bit later on today. Um, I hope to see any of you if I do. Um, don't be shy. And it's always a pleasure to see anybody at the game that uh, comes over as a low, uh, even including the policeman that did the other week, <laughs> which is amazing. Um, so thank you for that. And I'll speak to you all very, very soon. Have a fantastic day. Let's hope for a massive three points. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates are around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.